Good. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. You're here to talk about being a graduate student in an accredited speech language pathology grad school. Yes. So tell us why you want to become a speech pathologist. Well, my story to kind of getting into being a speech pathologist was a little bit kind of around the bush, but I came into school and wanted to be an eye doctor. And I took my first semester of classes and was like, wow, this just isn't for me. And I had a teammate because I was on the swim and dive team at St. Cloud State. And she was like, you got to come meet my professors. You need to come down to our clinic hallway. I think you would love um, speech pathology. So she actually tested my hearing for one of her assignments. And I came down into the clinic hallway and she, I got to meet my, the professors and talk to them. And they were like, why don't you just give it a try? And so I did. And I took the first round of classes and I was like, wow, this is exactly what I want, a way to help people and be connected with people and yeah, just be um, a positive part of their life. Excellent. And then you decided to apply to grad school. Mm -hmm. What was the application? Did you do any research on where to go? Yeah, so I applied to six schools. So before I applied, I did research each one just to learn a little bit more about their program, what some of the faculty's specialty areas were. So I did that to start. And then I really, I think organization is the biggest part of applying to grad school. I would make kind of spreadsheets to go through each school and be like, okay, I turned in my resume for this school. I turned in my personal statement and I filled out the application and I have heard back. I haven't heard back um, just to keep it all together, organized in one spot. Like a flow sheet. Yeah. Just like a flow sheet. This is what I'm going to do. This is where we are in the process. You are, you are organized. (laughs) Hard because you get emails from every different school all the time and you're still in the process of going through your senior year at the time. And so you're trying to manage school and keeping that all organized. So that was just a way that I found um, that worked best for me. Um, So you, you, what was the application process like? Yeah. So the main components of that are your resume, your personal statement, and then filling out the actual application for the school. And I think that filling out the actual application for the school is just in a way somewhat of busy work. Like you really just need to sit down and do it and fill it out because it's basically your basic information and some of your experiences. And typically they look the same from school to school. But the my resume, my personal statement was probably what I spent the most time on. Um, cleaning up my resume and obviously making sure I had all of the things that I had worked to put on there throughout my undergrad. And then um, I actually asked some people who were older than me to kind of read through my personal statement and just get some advice on it. And then I actually had a professor who just gave me advice too um, of things that she recommended that I put on there because I had really no idea what schools were looking for. So I took a lot of time on that and I started that really early. And then, like I said, kind of just that flow sheet of that step-by-step process, like resume, check, personal statement, check, and then start filling out those applications. 
Did you change your resume at all or shift it going into graduate school? Did you use certain words or something to say, hey, I'm going to be a good speech pathologist graduate student candidate versus where you came from? Yeah, actually, one of the things that I remember adding that people were like, you should really put that on there is along with my experiences, adding a little note about ways that I had collaborated with others or worked with a variety of different people, just because as a speech pathologist, you'll work on a number of different teams with all those different types Mm -hmm. of clients of all different ages. So um, yeah, that was the advice that I got was to add those lines about like who you were collaborating with and like the role you played in that collaboration. How about the advice the professor gave you about your personal statement? Do you remember what that was? Actually, yes. Um, I The best advice that I got was to just really write as you. Like, don't try to write in this outline of what you think um, people want you to say because I f- like deep down, she was like, I know that you know what you want to say and just say it how you would say it. That like really lets you shine through your writing. That is true. I know when we have students that come and apply at at the program that we're wanting to see, I think the programs are wanting to see the the person that's applying, not how they look on paper, but they want that personality to come through. And so any way you can make that shine in the personal statement is is important. Yeah, that was probably the best advice that I got because it didn't make me hold back anymore and I just was like okay here's this is me Mm -hmm. in my writing sounds like good advice Mm -hmm. what was the interview like so I only interviewed at one school um and not gonna lie it was nerve-wracking um so the interview process I really did enjoy it because I felt like along after you wrote your personal statement and got to be you, they actually got to see you and talk to you, which is obviously a lot different than mm-hmm. my name is. I'm from on just an application. Um, but on that interview day, they showed us around um, their clinic, which was cool to see like where you would potentially be spending a lot of your time. Um, and then we got to go from room to room with different professors in each room or different faculty. And they asked us, Um, series of questions and then we also did have to do a writing sample so they gave us a prompt um, and we had I think like 30 minutes to write about the prompt that we were given. What about any first-year challenges you had? I think probably one of the hardest parts about transitioning into my first year of grad school was um, taking what we had learned, you know, all throughout undergrad, all those classes and actually applying it to a real client who's sitting right in front of you. Um, because you have, you work so hard to learn all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you have your three-year-old client sitting right in front of you and you're like, oh my gosh, this is it. And I think that was the hardest part was just taking it and actually using it. And then also being flexible and making it work for each client. How about study skills? Um, So study skills in grad school, I would say that the biggest thing you have to do is learn how to manage your time because 
you are doing not only school now, but you're also doing clinic and that brings its own load of kind of work and assignments and finding your system, your plan for each day. I'm going to do this assignment or this class's homework on this day before it's due later in the week. I'm going to make sure I'm ready for my clients. Um, I write a sticky note every day of basically checklist of what I'm doing every day, what homework I'm going to get done, what I'm going to prep for my client um, when I see them. I'd say just time management is a big one. And they always say that about college too, but I think it really is important in grad school. Do you do your time management the morning of or the night before? <laughs> the night before, for sure. I see what I did for the day, how productive I was, and then I make my plan for the next day. So do you use something like time blocking? Uh, a little bit. Sometimes it doesn't always work that way because I am a person who likes to start something and finish it, which doesn't always work. So, um, yeah, I try to write like, okay, by this time, try to move on to your next thing at two o'clock prep for this client because you see them at a later time. So a little bit. How do you keep track of all the numbers that you need to for grad school, like your accumulation of clinical hours? I, so we track our hours on Calypso, um, a place where you, keep them organized and some people I know don't track them after every session they just like put them in at midterms and at the end of the semester but I put it in after every time I do something um, to earn those hours because one it makes me feel good and that I'm working towards that end goal and I can see the progress Um, and two it just I feel like that's the best way for me to make sure that I don't miss any right 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 good idea Tell me, you seem very organized and disciplined. I Stress, tell me about stress. Yes. Um, stress is something that I have definitely learned how to manage better, probably in grad school, because the first year, it, is, it was stressful for me. Um, like I said, applying, like having a real client was a big change for me. And I am a perfectionist and I wanted it to be perfect, but that's a very unrealistic expectation that I've learned because it just, it's not always going to be perfect. Um, so I think one thing that I've gotten a lot better with is taking every experience with school or clinic as more of a learning opportunity versus oh my gosh, this is the end of the world because it wasn't perfect. Um, I used to really let those like bog me down and make me feel like, oh, I can't do this. But now I'm like, okay, that's a great story that I'm going to tell when I'm eventually years down the road. Um, And I also try to take just a little time for myself, whether it's like, oh, I call my friend and talk to her for a little bit about her day or um, call my parents or my brother or even just watch TV for a little bit just to kind of let my mind rest about school and I know it will all get done eventually so 30 minutes of just relaxing isn't the end of the world so self-cares yeah disconnecting a little bit from grad school keeping that balance is important Yeah, it's funny you talk about, you know, stress and putting things in perspective I remember when I was in grad school I was ready to go into a session. Lynn Larrigan, I was her graduate assistant. And 
Um, I was ready to go. My lesson plan was ready. My materials were ready. And I was, I don't know why I remember, but I was, I had a little boy with vocal nodules and I was just about ready. I just was a hyper boy, screamed and everything. And as I was walking into the therapy room, she took all of my materials from me and she gave me a piece of string and a piece of paper and a pencil. And she said, here you go, go do your session. And that was a point where I learned to let go of the perfection of everything I was doing. And, okay, we have to do this. We have to do this. We have to do this. And I learned to follow the client. So I had the goals that I needed to work on. And I back in my mind, thank goodness, because I had prepared. And that was a pivotal point for me. So sometimes in learning to let go of the perfectionism, learning to let go of this is my session and I'm going to follow my client and these are the goals can be some of our most um, effective and impactful learning moments. Yeah, definitely. And I think with the shift to teletherapy, it also kind of pushed me to get rid of the perfectionism because all of a sudden everything was different and now you're dealing with technology issues. Your client is so far away from you through a screen. You can't really keep them there. If they don't want to be there, they don't really have to be there. So it was just a good time to just be like, this is what we're doing and we're going to make it work. Yes, 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 yes. And being flexible. Yes. So I put out on Facebook before I came on here, what are some questions for you would like me to ask another graduate student? And a lot of people want to know about your faith. How do you keep your faith through graduate school? I think that this has actually also been kind of a learning process for me throughout my first year. But that is something that sometimes I do for my self-care too, is just take a little bit of time to make sure that I'm still like staying connected to that. Um, And then in those moments where there is so much stress and I'm having those feelings of like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Am I going to be able to do this? I try to think back to just how I got into this profession and I was like, this all happened for a reason. And I think I'm supposed to be here. And yeah, I just try to remember that I am here for a reason and it is to eventually help people every day. And I just try to lean back on that. Wonderful. Staying focused and keeping that a priority. Yeah, not letting go of those important relationships, which takes us to the next question. (laughs) I know you've had a boyfriend through graduate school, and a lot of people want to know, how do you maintain a relationship through graduate school? Yes, Well, not going to lie, it is a bit of a challenge because he does live far away or kind of far away. So, um, and you're busy in grad school. So there's not a whole lot of time to be communicating throughout the day. Um, Weekends are majorly dedicated to homework. Um, So yeah, it was hard, but I think kind of along with the faith thing and the self-care stuff, I think if that relationship is important to you, then you will take a little bit of time out of your day to, even if it's a 15 minute phone conversation to check in with that person and, hopefully that person is supporting you and knows that this is your dream and that you're working super hard to get there. And they 
are willing to kind of take a step back and let you focus on that, but still be there to support you. So hopefully that is how that end of it's going. But if it's important to you, just like how you would talk to like your sibling or your best friend, who's not with you all the time, Mm -hmm. reach out and just, Mm -hmm. you really have to, I had to make it a priority for sure. I've, I'm hearing you say that even though you are a graduate school student, that the rest of your life does not stop. No, I think that's such a good point. And at the beginning, I feel like I felt like grad school consumed every ounce of my life. But as I've kind of found my groove and become a little bit more confident in what I'm doing, I'm realizing that, okay, grad school ends in two years and Mm -hmm. I need my people and those relationships that I had before, they don't, yeah, they don't just go away and you need them. You need the support. You need the support throughout grad school and especially after. And if you can see grad school as a transition through life, this is something that is going to consume possibly your life for whatever program length you're in, 15 months, two years, but that you do transition your way through the semesters and through your internships and then out into your clinical fellow. Definitely. So holding on to those pieces. So here's a question. Would you change schools? I honestly would not. I did my undergrad at St. Cloud and decided to stay at St. Cloud. And I have had such a great experience with my cohort. They've been, they've become some of my best friends. And I don't think I would have had such a great experience in grad school if it wasn't for them and having them to always lean on in tough times and that stress and all the ups and downs. Um, And same with our faculty. I always feel like I have the support I need. Um, And I, yeah, I just truly wouldn't. I've had a great experience. So I have to mention here that you and I, the platform we use for the podcast is Zoom and we only capture the audio, but we have the visual. <laughs> and so I, can, I see Bailey sitting here and over her shoulder is a big St. Cloud State University plaque. <laughs> yes. So I guess you might not change. No, yeah, that is a plaque from being a student athlete. So St. Cloud will always have a very special place in my heart. Very nice. Very, very nice. What has been your, so let's do, let's do this question next. Growing edges. What have you learned about yourself? I think one of the, I've kind of already talked about it, but I've learned that I've learned perspective. Truly. I feel like that has been one of the biggest things that I've been able to kind of shift, not only in school, but just in my life too, um, realizing that mistakes are really just learning experiences. Everyone makes them. They're not the end of the world. I mean, I used to mess up, even if it was just a conversation, like a conversation with the professor. I was like, oh my God, that didn't go well. She probably doesn't like me anymore. I'm never going to graduate. I used to go to worst case scenario, mm-hmm. like in a second. And I've just realized that everyone's human, even our clients, um, they're coming to see you for help and your job is to just take as much, whatever you whatever you have in your head to just do your best to try to help them and meet their needs. And yeah, I just have really been able to take a step back and be like, it's okay to be 
right where you're at. You have room to grow. And that is, I think, like a blessing and perfect to know that you are going to be better yet tomorrow than you were today. And yeah, I think perspective is just the biggest thing that I've grown and hope to still grow in. I like that. You'll be better tomorrow than you are today. Mm -hmm. Very nice. What has been your favorite part of graduate school? Definitely my cohort. I think I have to say that. I, it is so fun to have, well, when we used to be able to go to campus all the time, we would hang out in our grad lab and people would come in and be like, I just had the best session and this happened and it was so great. And it would just make us all so happy and feel so good and be like, we're doing this as a team. We can do this. And then on the other hand, sometimes someone would come in the room and be like, that was not good. And that was horrible. And we'd be like, well, guess what happened to me yesterday? It was equally as horrible. And we'd just laugh about it. And it's fun to have a group that knows exactly what you're going through, like the good and the bad. And yeah, just that support. Cause you know, people who aren't in the program, they kind of understand by what you're telling them, but they don't actually understand. Like I have five midterms in these classes due in one week or my client with this, like they, they support you, but they don't totally understand, but your cohort understands hundred <laughs> percent. Excellent. 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 Final question. Any words of advice to the new student? I think to take a deep breath. It is so overwhelming when you walk in the doors the first day and you're meeting all your new faculty and all your new, um, all the new people in your cohort, but just take a deep breath and be like, oh my gosh, you made it. You've made it this far. And um, like pat yourself on the back, like celebrate the small wins. Um, one good session is one more good session to add to the, to the book. So celebrate being there every day um celebrate yeah just the small wins and um try to take a minute and be where your feet are stop thinking about what's due the next day or what went wrong yesterday to just enjoy the day and enjoy your client in the moment and the people you get to be around and on that note that's the perfect time to say thanks for jumping on with us thank you so much for having me 